Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. How we doing? Are we all right? Catchphrase, isn't it? I'm Jamie New Mike. I've got a, a little amp booster for the microphone. It's supposed to give it a little bit of a better sound. You'll be the judge of that. How are we doing, you on eight? Welcome to Monday. It's another episode of the RGM podcast. My name's Carl Maloney, the host of the, the show today. And I am straight off a great big call with Sheafs. Yeah, we're going to be chatting to the lads soon. They've just played London. Just announced they're playing the uh, tram lines. A different direction for the lads. Stay tuned to discover. It's been a busy week. Thanks for tuning in on RGM. Release day. Uh, today is Friday, the Monday before this podcast goes live. And it's release day. It's one of the busier days of the week, obviously, for a magazine. Yeah, great new tune from The Assist out today. We've got a Red Rum Club album review. All the big bands are covered. We've got everything covered here. Flair. Video premiere. Sad bot on there. And loads of recommends, so top five singles of the week. All new content, content ready for you to enjoy at www.rgm.press. Have a look. It's been, uh, it's, I've wasted a lot of time this week. A lot of time. Has anybody been on TikTok recently? Music fade, music stands. Have you been on TikTok recently? It's a fascinating place. People now <laughs> feel the need to go what's known in TikTok world as live. Basically live streaming themselves. While they're getting ready for work in the morning. You get a lot of, like, Americans that are partying because of the time difference and things. They're out late. A lot of them are hammered. It's quite funny. Uh, But I found myself most mornings just going on it, checking the RGM feed, and just, I get stuck on it for ages. There's people just getting ready to work, talking about the most mundane things that you'll ever, ever think of. And there's hundreds of the hundreds of people watching them. I don't, I don't get it. But then I found myself doing it. 
watching, that is. Not going. Maybe I'll go live one day. I just can't imagine why anybody would think it's interesting me popping my shirt on to go to work. Doing a pack-up for kids. and Hmm, interesting. It's just been on my mind, so I just thought I'd share it with you. Take talk. You, you can follow uh, our gem on TikTok as well. Just search for us. We're on there. We have a presence on there. No video content yet. We need to get better at TikTok. But we're learning. We had, an, we had a major announcement over the last week as well on our gem. Just to update you. We, we didn't really say why we're doing it. We just announced that we are doing it. So I think it's nice for me to explain why we're doing it today. You may have seen on Twitter, RGM Canada, RGM Australia and RGM Israel random countries out there in the world but it's kind of been an organic journey really we started about a year ago we started what's called RGM USA which is basically something an idea I came up with when I woke up early one day not on TikTok and I wanted to think of new ways to share music and you know why stick to the UK? Why not share? We, we, basically, we started getting a, a lot of listeners on the podcast. About 15% of the listeners were from Australia. Can't speak today. We're from America. If you're listening from America, thanks for joining us. And I started seeing stats thinking, you know, there's quite a, you know, 10, 15% of the viewers on RGM were from America as well. It was just kind of happening organically online. So I thought, why not share some American music with the UK and some UK music with America? What's the worst that could happen? And it really grew. And it grew so well that we started getting uh, and seeing updates on other countries joining us. So Canada, you know, I can see why. It's quite, you know, local to America. So if you're listening in Canada, thank you. And we started getting submissions from Canada. We started getting submissions from Australia. And I didn't see submissions from Israel coming. But they're the top three other countries that are engaging with RGM and, sent, and submitting music to us. So... Welcome if you're from Israel. Good eye, Maud. If you're from Australia. Thank you for joining us in my little booth here in Manchester. It's appreciated. So, we, so we've started these things. What's the worst that could happen? We're going to share UK music with the rest of the world and nobody's going to stop us. Eh? We do things different here at RGM. No messing about. So yeah, that's my update for you today. TikTok and uh, RGM taking over the world. Hardly, but you know, we've got to, we, you know, we've got to try new things, and why not? So yeah, I've just come off a great chat with the Chiefs lads, Lawrence and Chris. Cheers again, guys, for joining us. Here is our interview with Chiefs. Loads of new information on the band. Let's go. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of this RGM Experience podcast. And our guests today are Chris and Lawrence from Sheaves. Hey up, lads. How's Hello. it going? All right, Carl? Yeah, thanks for joining us today, lads. It's It's been a while since I've seen your little faces. Uh, with the industry going to shit and all that kind of stuff over the last couple of years. But it's nice to see you both. And Chris's new look, we've just been discussing it before the call, haven't we? It's uh, it's rather splendid beard there that he's supporting. 
yeah it's uh it's been my favorite pastime over the last <laughs> 18 months trying to grow this out but uh got there in the end call so yeah thank you do you use beard theorems do, do, do you use do you do you like put products in it put, put stuff on it um yeah every now and then yeah well, they, don't a, be ashamed uh, of it you mate. know embrace it it's great if it's a Friday night, mate, maybe I'll kind of dust it off with something. It'll be oh, right. very nice, very nice. Is it is it one of them where the uh, your uh, your special conditioner slowly falls down? Into the, <laughs> oh yeah, into the yeah. jaws. It's a whole process that I don't really want to get into right now. Yeah, it's yeah. okay, fair enough. We'll we'll leave that there. We'll we'll leave it to the imagination. But it looks splendid. Lawrence has got uh, you've got a new look as well. All the hair's gone. Yeah, I just fancied a bit of a change. Really, I've always yeah. wanted to do it, and I just thought. Um, I thought, why not just yeah. see how it is? It's quite funny, actually, when I went in to get it cut, the guy was cutting it kind of like I said that I wanted to to buzz it and he kind of hesitated and then looked at me, went, hang on a second, kind of did a full peripheral around. <laughs> okay. I went, I think you'll be OK. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he just kind of went in for it. So, yeah, Carl, just just wanted to mention yeah, my I know this microphone thing again. Yeah, it's that sensitive. I wonder if it's picking up you guys when you speak because it's just coming out of my it's coming fine here mate we'll crack on it's all good it's all all good mate i'll let you know if there's any problems mate it's all good um yeah so i wanted to start off just congratulating you on the tramline spot i know you did have the you did have the main stage book before the pandemic and everything didn't you and then the tramlines have just announced that you're playing the big main stage on a saturday at tramlines congratulations yeah thank you i don't know what stage it's on yet um on the poster, it looks yeah. like it's the main one. I it's, think, it's I think we're doing one. the second stage. We're going to be doing oh, the second stage. Okay. Right, okay. Fair but right. we're, um, we're like over the moon with that slot, to be fair. Yeah, it's going to be, um, I think it's like Saturday. Yeah, it's the Saturday. So I can't remember last time we played tramlines on the Saturday. So yeah. yeah, come next year, July, feels a long way away. But like, I think yeah. when that time comes around, we'll be like absolutely buzzing for it. So Thank you to Tramlines for having us on again. Yeah, well, I suppose, like, you know, playing the main stage that early in the day, because you'll probably be on, like, first or second, wouldn't you, if you, you know, if it was the main stage. There probably won't be as many people there as there would be in the tent. So it's probably a it's probably a good thing, really, you're going to play to you. Yeah, you've nailed that, Carl. For me, personally, I, I quite... We've had the fortune of playing um, a few tents before, and mm. there's something about a tent that Great. I really, really like, um, arguably more so than it certainly brings something different than, than like an open, an open crowd or an outdoor crowd. But I think it probably suit the vibe of our music a lot, a lot better mm. now um, with that darky darkness kind of sound to it. So yeah, can't wait for that. How, how are you going to surf the crowd when there's a big barrier in the way and security guards and that kind of stuff? How are you going to get amongst it, Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, um, or don't say, and then you'll just surprise people when it happens. <laughs> I'll have to do what the hairdresser did and take like a full peripheral. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> that, no, um, for me, that that's an iconic vision of Chiefs. You in the crowd, literally stood on top of everybody with your arms about like Randy Orton, loving it. <laughs> um, and just, it's, it's quite an iconic pose. And, you know, that that's kind of a vision I have of Chiefs is you up there. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a weird one, I think. I think especially with the new music, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe because the opportunity hasn't presented itself, but mm. it's a lot, I guess it's harder for me to to picture that. Um, I don't know, like the, 
I don't know, because it it kind of matched the old style that we were playing to and the kind of yeah. like, you know, roughness to it, where I don't know if this music's a little bit more on yeah. the back foot where you're kind of more sitting sitting and, and, mm. and kind of taking it in a bit more, which is something I think we've we've needed for a while, but um why, why do I mean you feel, I say why that do you feel all like composed you, why do you feel like you've needed to do that? I think maybe a personal critique of of our band is the fact that when we've been out and, and playing before, we've always had that kind of, I don't know, seven set song, a uh, seven mm. song set of like a, a quite rough and ready music. And there isn't kind of an off switch, which sometimes stops you from appreciating those highs. If it's like constantly turned up to 11, it's, it's difficult to, to kind of appreciate in a way, I don't know. It's kind I think, of. A... I think when, when I've watched a lot of live bands, and I think it, it is nice to have a bit of shade and a bit of color to a set, rather than just have seven massive loud songs. And have, have have something a little bit different in between it to to offer something a little bit different as well. Yeah, definitely. And like I've I've personally done like a lot of work with how I've been singing and 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 mm. how I've been kind of working with my voice to try and you know tap into areas that I haven't really explored before. Mm. Um, but that gives it dynamic and it gives the set dynamic, which is something that we've, I think we'd be missing for, um, for a long time. I'm sure Chris agrees where hopefully now it's a little bit more well-rounded. So when it is mm. a bit of a higher up-tempo song, cause we don't want to lose that, um, it is more appreciated and, and it does have its own kind of moment a bit more than, than having seven songs, which do the same thing effectively. Yeah. Have, have you felt about the change, Chris? Yeah, it's been really positive. I think everything Lawrence said is correct. Um, I think personally, I was just looking for us to feel like we were delivering more of like a professional performance Mm. when we play live. And sometimes we did all those like small shows for a couple of years and they were really rough and ready and we've kind of done that dingy, sweaty. Mm. And that is great. And we still do love that. But like Lawrence says, now if we have a song like that, that's going to tick that box, it's going to be nice for it to have its own little moment to do that. Um, So we have tried to explore some composure and uh, like different styles of songs that come together as a collective, not just like seven songs that are trying to, like Lawrence says, achieve the same thing, which is just like getting the crowd moving. So it's been nice nice it's been a good road of discovery between the five of us and i think we've all kind of learned something from it for yeah. ourselves and for the band collectively so and the other guys in the band what kind of thoughts and feelings have they brought out or you know around this new uh the new chiefs i think anytime that that's the the beauty of being in a band i guess is that everyone brings their own sort of flavor or ingredient to song so you know each of them have their own kind of unique style of of playing and and also kind of own background of sound that they they kind of want to push and we felt like it all came together really really Mm. well so um you know be it down to like guitar tones or maybe like how charlie might play the drums and, and cal play his bass it's it all kind of it all merged really nicely into into one um so I think they, I'm pretty sure they feel the same way yeah. and it has been a welcome change really. And like Chris said, it feels a lot more professional. 
it feels like yeah it feels like it could it feels very like substantial almost mm. quite i don't know um like you want to sit back and listen to it uh at times and then at other times i think you want to go and, and grit your teeth and and be a bit more lively so it's got yeah. a real nice balance i think at the moment well, one when when i reflect on like seeing sheaves appear within the um industry in sheffield was just how professional you both are because i originally i think it was with you chris i was speaking to originally um when we were i don't know how long it were ago probably four or five years how long have sheaves been alive yeah it's around that time mate to be fair yeah so about four yeah. or five years ago, when, when you entered the stage, they, you they were you, you knew what you wanted straight away, and and that was obvious as somebody trying to book young bands and that kind of stuff. And I know you had a vision for the band. It felt like you did anyway. You had a vision for the band before you started, you know, booking gigs and playing the smaller venues that I was promoting at the time and that kind of stuff, like the Washingtons, the Frog and Parrots, that kind of stuff. You kind of saw yourself as you know holding back a little bit and making more um uh, making a judgment call on whether that's right for you at that particular time and that particular venue is that is that a fair analysis of you know me thinking about you five years ago i think every step of the way carl we've tried to do what we think is the right thing Mm. and it's always we've always thought about it a lot like we as a five piece we all think about this band like a lot and uh, for a long period of time when the band were around, me, Lawrence and Charles lived together as well. Mm. So whenever we'd see each other, we'd kind of live and breathe the band. And every decision we wanted to make goes through five people. Yeah. We're all discussing it. So it's all very well thought out. And we've always tried to strive for the next thing. And there's moments along the way where, you know, things might happen and you go like, oh, wow, this feels exciting. This could be the next step. And then you're brought back down to reality quite harshly. So I feel like it's been a, a long road of grounding ourselves, which comes back to that decision-making process where we think about everything again, tenfold as we go yeah. forward. So even from the start, like me and Lawrence were trying to write songs before the band were even a thing. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to come back to Sheffield. I wasn't in Sheffield at the time. Um, but we spent a good half a year trying to just get like some songs together so we could come back to Sheffield, mm. form this band and like kind of have some songs to show and go book some gigs. Um, so it's always been preparing. We've always tried to move on and we've always tried to mm. be open to the fact that we might have to change as well along the way, like during the process. Mm. I think there's been a few times where we've turned little corners and felt like, they've been important steps and now we've done like a big turn and we've kind of got to where we want to be in terms of the sound and things like that so I think it is accurate what you say like we have always been like methodological almost in what we do yeah there's definitely something for bands to learn from just you know taking not accepting everything and you know thinking about things a little bit more thinking consider more what you're going to get out from whatever promoters offering you whatever they're offering you I think is is really valuable particularly right at the beginning of your career when you're green and you don't know what you just see a stage and you just you know you just want to play to your mates and just crack on type thing but you know that there seems to be this professional vibe about you guys that stands out and did stand out then and does now really oh thank you that's nice of you to say i wonder if i think from the very start when even when chris and i were talking um 
in the very, very early days before we even had anyone else. And mm-hmm. I think, um, well, it was Chris, Charles and I, but I think there was never a point where we were going to try and do it for fun. And I can, I remember that conversation quite early, early on. Um, when I say for fun, I mean more so, you know, just casually. Yeah. I think we always had our eyes kind of, um, on that, on actually trying to do it for, for real. Um, and I wonder if that kind of reflects in it a little bit, but like Chris says, we've been on a journey with it the whole time. And I think it doesn't help from the fact that a lot of us got into music very early on. Like I only got a guitar when I was 17. Like I'm not from a musical background and, um, nor is, nor is like the majority of the band. I don't think we just kind of had to find our way. So a lot of it was, making those mistakes that maybe a lot of bands make earlier on in in those stages where you know they're playing guitars from when they're from when they're they're young like early teens and stuff and kind of finding their way where we did take it felt like we take we took the long way around because and we always say this no matter how much no matter how much you think you know about music mm. and you think you know what is good and what is bad until you get there and try and do it yourself it's it's almost like it's impossible um it's impossible to kind of learn from from the outside like you have to make those mistakes yourself and 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 learn from them and i think that process um did kind of dominate like the earlier stages of the band and we're finally at a point now where maturity wise i think we're quite confident in the fact that we've we can write songs and we know what we want it to sound like a bit more. Um, and that was something that lockdown really gave us an opportunity to do to kind of, rather than write like one song or two songs, we, we had the chance to kind of start creating like a good, a good quantity of them. So we had like an idea of what we wanted them to, to sound like um, as like a, a more of a body of, of work, I guess. Mm which also helped kind of really to find what we were feeling at the same, same time. So yeah, it's, it's a big, it's just been a massive learning curve and I'm sure it continue. It will continue to be so. Mate, but, I think, I think um, when, when I were in a band 20 years ago, when we started, we used to play Sheffield like Monday, Thursday, uh, Sunday. <laughs> I used to play like three times a week. Yeah, it's just yeah, no good. Yeah. Um, I've dropped all the bollocks that bands can do. And I just like, you know, experiencing what it's like these days. And, uh, you know, it, you, you quickly developed into, you know, headlining your own gigs, which were great to see. How, how was it? How was the, what was the, the biggest challenge of progressing as a band? So when you started moving to headlining your own shows, talk us through uh, the transition within you as individuals as you progressed to, you know, headlining shows and having to choose your own supports, booking, choosing cities out of town to play, all that kind of stuff. We'll start with picking supports. It's always been, I think, because of the time that we started the band, we kind of started the band when me, Lawrence and Charles were in our final year of uni. Mm. So when you say quickly going on to like headline shows, especially in like Sheffield, Mm. we didn't have that kind of, you know, when bands like to dominate their hometowns and yeah. such and they try and really build there, we, because none of us are actually from Sheffield mm. um, and a lot of our mates basically fled Sheffield after that first year of being in the band. So we had this kind of like year of 
mm. you know those fun small gigs where it gets sweaty and packed out and and then then we were fortunate to do a lot of stuff with this feeling and they took us out side of Sheffield um picking supports was never never really felt like a strange thing I think we never really thought about headline shows I think with headline shows you're just constantly thinking about tickets I think that's what happens when you play like as a support yourself the kind of pressure is kind of taken off you a little bit because Mm. you're kind of there and you're supporting somebody else but um yeah the headline show transition I think we just naturally fled into it. I think we were excited. I think we were like really looking to take that step up um, and play in different cities was, that's like a big part of this band. Like we want to take the music wherever we can go. It's not like a case of, you know, we just want to dominate like one town or we want to just stay in England or whatever. We want to try and take it as far as possible. And we've had the luxury of doing that a little bit, but it's definitely somewhere we want to explore it um i I think it's a little bit i think it's a little bit of a mistake trying to dominate your own town you're presuming that your fan base is within a few miles radius around where you are in the country at that time and i think that's quite small-minded in a little way and not you know if you're going to grow a band you've got to kind of you've got to get out there and you've got to find your audience and when i was on a previous podcast I've, i've quoted this loads of times but i was speaking to um martin atkins who used to drum for pill um and he's based in chicago now and he says you know you, you, you there's no guarantee that your audience is even in the same country as where you are um and that's kind of stuck with me all the time and, I, and 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 that's the reason why i say you know bands looking to dominate your own city fair enough you might be able to get people down but you're probably getting a lot of your family and friends down you're not really growing your fan base you just uh you, you are in a way but but you're not but, the, the, but I don't know what I'm trying to say, but there's, there's, there's other ways to do it. And I think dominating your, or wanting to dominate your own city is kind of small-minded a little bit. Um, and there's yeah. better ways to, to do it. I mean, in those early stages as well, we were so like, like buzzed to kind of play different places and we kept getting opportunities. Mm. Like this feeling gave us so many opportunities to kind of really spread our, spread our like music, yeah. you know, nationally almost. And they really, they backed us so so well and that's something that we, mm. we're so thankful for um but the problem is is when you especially when you don't know the ropes of it is like when you start playing all these different places mm. and um you suddenly feel like you're really busy you feel like you're doing it um but then you also forget the key point of of making sure that you've you're writing as well and you've, you've got the music yeah. going as well and that's something that that was one of our biggest um not mistakes, I guess, because mm. but it's one of the things that we um yeah we learned from pretty quick is the fact that you know the live side's massive, so important for our band, um, but we also have to make sure that we've got um we've got the songs as well to to try yeah. and to try and push that that live show, and it's easy to kind of um, go one way or the other sometimes, mm. um, especially when you are busy and, and, and you are playing gigs to find the time then to, to get in the right mindset to write new songs uh, for the next phase. Mm. Um, that becomes, that becomes difficult. I suppose but, it, I suppose it helped you all being from different places. So if, so when you were playing a different place in your, your own personal hometowns, you've got, yeah. you've got a bit of a, an in there to get a few people down at least to start the process of, you know, getting your name out in different places. I, I, am I right? Am I wrong? And, you know, you tell me, guys. 
it's hard to say with that i think it's um i think ultimately you know you can kind of you can kind of pull you've, like all your mates and stuff down to a gig but essentially mm. if you don't have that you don't have that the product or you don't have the song that people want to listen to then i don't know if it's if it's beneficial anyway so if you don't have that mm. you know that ultimately the music has to be good um and if the music's good then everything else should kind of fall into place i think um i don't know chris your thoughts on that yeah you're right i think i still remember now that i think it's Today, it was our biggest headline tour that we've ever done, Carl. Mm. So I think it's like 16 dates. It was the first time we had an agent and we went to quite a few places across the country in Scotland and things. Mm. And we had the mindset that we were like, we're not even going to release a song. <laughs> so we were going to get, <laughs> like, we had this mindset. We were like, we're just going to like smash this tour out. Yeah. We're not even going to release a song and it's going to be like great, like this. <laughs> And I still remember that so fondly because like almost the confidence that we had in ourselves to go out and play those shows. And it was like a pretty good tour to be fair at the time. Mm. Um, but to not even like consider like the idea of like, you know, we should probably bring out a song actually. I remember someone saying that to us. I think our agent at the time said something like a couple of weeks before going like, Oh, just, just to check. You're not releasing anything off like yeah. before you go out. And we were like, no, 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 I'm not going to release anything. It was, it was two weeks before and it was like, nah, no, I yeah. think we'll be fine. And then went on and yeah. So it's, it's going the, back to what you're saying, yeah. Carl, about like having people in different cities. Yeah. Like Lawrence says, it's nice. It's actually quite a nice way for us to catch up with friends. Like I know it sounds yeah. daft, like you can oh, no, go no. across we have uni friends that are kind of scattered about the country and it's been nice to kind of pop up and see those people. But like Lawrence says, if you don't have that product, that song that people are going to come to your show to see, it's kind of not irrelevant, but that's the winning formula. And along the way we have forgot that sometimes. So I think what just from seeing you guys out and about as well, the particularly the, uh, the relationship that bands have that, uh, you know, go on the road with this feeling like, for example, you know, I think I think it was the last time I've seen you in face to face. You, we, uh, the the assist were playing O2 Academy, and you guys were all there. It, I don't know if I'm going back like twenty years or two years here. I'm, I've lost the. <laughs> was that with Was that with the twang? With yeah, the twang? yeah, on the twang tour thing. Yeah, there's one. Yeah. It wasn't specifically this feeling uh, gig, but no, no, no. The, the relationship that you've had because they, they were this feeling band as well, and the, and and you, you all seem to have you know such great relationships with each other. They, yeah. Yeah, they are top lads. They've got a new album coming out soon, yeah. I think. New single out today as well. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, top lads. Uh, like, I'll always remember me and Lawrence did this like DJ set thing at Cafe Totem back in the day. Mm. And uh, and the assist lads, I'm pretty sure they'd just been they'd just been in like a Kasabian video. Like it was a Kasabian video about ages ago. And then me and Lawrence put this song on and then they just came out of like Cafe Totem stairs and just like absolutely loving it. Like they are there <laughs> yeah. at the moment and like fair play to them. Um, but yeah, great lads. Yeah, no, I just, I just love that relationship and it's, it's not just you and uh, it, it just seems to be online. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of love about between the bands that within the, the zone, the, you know, this feeling place. I, I just like, I like seeing that online. I just, I don't know why I brought it up. It just, Came to yeah, me. no, I, I, I do as well. I think it was it was 
I remember so clearly there was like such a such a when we were kind of in the middle of it all there was so many top bands coming through yeah. there like you had like strange bones calva mm. louise were coming through the blinders were coming through um and it was there was almost yeah that felt like a real i i remember that like really vividly almost mm. like it's it's something almost like tangible it was just it was class and everyone was just having yeah the best time it's sick i can remember sneaking backstage and being at, i think it was why not just i think it was at this feeling stage and yeah you you like to a lot of red stripe were drunk and it was just party time and you know just thinking yeah. back to thinking back to those stages but and, and it were in a tent you know you, you you mentioned you know you, you like being in a tent there, there's yeah. something magical about a tent in a festival environment that yeah 100 percent. you just can't ever you walk- let leave your soul can you yeah, and you walk out, and then you st- it's still bright, and you're like, oh. <laughs> I think I remember Carl at that why not, to be fair. Oh, shit. Now we're on a stag do. That's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> you're having a good time, mate. Don't yeah, worry. yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. That's what it's about as yeah. well. I mean, like, just on that note, you know, like, seeing all the bands, but also seeing everyone, like yourself, Carl, who, who like, grinds it out in order to give all the other bands a platform Mm. like my hat goes off to you our hat goes off to you massively where you know you've got all those people just there because they just love it you know Mm. like and starting from 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 like the top with like mikey johns and then you know you've got people like alan wells and kathy and you, you could just literally just continue to list them off like and everyone was there for the same reason because they just like love music and that's what it's about so you brought a new single out in August, uh, Spectator. I've had it on loop over the last couple of days because I know I was speaking to you. It's definitely a different direction, isn't it? A more. I'm living in Manchester now, lads, and I'm and I'm getting a, a Joy Division feel from it, and and particularly with the tone of the the vocals as well, Lawrence. There is a a notable di- notable difference in the style of the new music. I, d- I don't like labeling bands and saying Joy Division and all that because it is an easy yeah, thing yeah, to do, but there yeah. is there, there is a real vibe there. Oh, it feels like yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, it was, again, I think a lot of that came from from lockdown, I guess. Like we had mm. a big opportunity to kind of delve into um, older music. And mm. we, Chris, me, Chris and Charles were all living together. And we kind of almost like fell into this routine of, of, um, of doing things where, a key part of that was where we just literally go back and and listen to like a band that we just wanted to kind of I don't know understand more mm. and delve into so we kind of went through all the years and we kind of landed at like the late 70s early 80s that kind of thing and that seemed to I think almost simultaneously like we just all I think we all just connected to it mm. and there's something about that era and it's not just like Joy Division as well. There, there are other bands like um, all those kind of like dark gothicy kind of mm. feel like the Bauhauses and mm. even Echo and the Bunny Men, that yeah. kind of thing. They all they all kind of appeal to us. Like, the Cure is another really mm. big one for us. But um, we wanted we kind of took that away and wanted to, I think, almost unintentionally try and try and kind of channel that in a, in a sense and we were just so pleased with how it came out because it felt really original at the same time, but it also kind of suited that dark style that we really wanted to, to, 
to kind of convey. Yeah. Um, but no, Joy Division's definitely. Uh, is that is that a yeah, fair yeah. is that a fair comparison? Would you agree with that? You know, fair enough. You know. Yeah, def- I think so. Definitely so. It's it's always an interesting one because obviously it's like like I'm used to hearing Lawrence's voice, and it's it's hard to. I don't know when we're was, in the. He was smoking it, when he was like, saying that, Lawrence. He was smoking when he was saying that. I know. Well, I was just thinking to myself, how how lucky is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Lawrence says, like when you, I think you said this earlier on, but you can never like almost analyzing your own music is mm. the impossible task. Like when me and Lawrence were in the thick of it, like writing it. Yeah. And then you're trying to like reflect on it after you don't even know what you think of it. Like by the yeah. end of it, you're just like, so when you tell, when you say things like that, and we've had, we had some reviews about that track when it came out that were down a similar vein, like obviously we welcome it. That's such a, yeah. such a nice thing to hear. But like Lauren says, we do feel like there was some originality to it in there, yeah. which was nice as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were really proud of that one. It felt like a good, it still like, feels like a sheep song. You know, it's completely yeah, different we, from this is not a protest. It's it's a, it, you can but you can still tell it's sheaves. Yeah, yeah, that, that's important to us as well. I think mm. it's important to kind of keep that. Again, it's that learning curve, cart where like yeah. you kind of fall into that that boat. I mean, we've done it firsthand. I mean, we were. I think when we first started, we were like an Arctic Monkeys cover band essentially for a good amount of time, and then we kind of we soon realized that and, and tried to change and, yeah. and put our own spin on it. So it's exactly the same thing, but um, it certainly wasn't like, we, yeah, it wasn't kind of like we were fixed on, on one thing. Yeah. That's just how it came out. So. Mm-hmm. So are the props going now then? Is the, is the new live show? Is that, is that different now? Cause you had your, your banners and the televisions <laughs> and that kind of stuff in the past. Is that, is that all gone now? Have you, have you moved on from that or you still, or, what, I don't know, you played, you played London recently, didn't you? What kind of, what happened there? And talk us through the new, like, live Chiefs experience. Well, essentially, we're all wearing makeup and we're going to start gelling our <laughs> like hair. Far Laura, yeah. he hasn't got any left. He hasn't got any left. Take, can't get, like, can't take the eyeliner pen out of Charles' hand at the moment. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, um, basically, yeah. yeah, we're all wearing black, all in makeup. We're all wearing capes as well. <laughs> nice. So that nice. looks pretty cool. Yeah, the uh, I like I like the tellies. <laughs> they were different. I like that. <laughs> yeah, no. To be fair, um, I remember when we bought those. I think we still got them around in the rehearsal yeah. room. I think they're still on their last legs. But um, it was iconic. Yeah, it, time- was, it, 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 it was iconic to see, particularly that you know the the protest banners because they they became their own thing and they get they yeah. they made you stand out from other bands at the time. I thought I thought it was great. Yeah, definitely. Again, hundred percent. I like. I think that was a, a real novelty of it because everyone knew that everyone mm. knew that song, and it and it certainly was like, yeah. It, All the it, crowd it, wanted it, to hold it because they knew they might be in a shoes I mean. picture. It became, it, it became yeah. a thing, didn't it? Yeah, it did become a thing. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Are you looking for but, new things? Yeah, no. I, I don't. I don't know. We haven't really given it a good okay. thing. I think. Okay. Um, Watch this space. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does that, does that, you know, do you look back on that fondly or, or is it, is it, is Nothing. it, is it, you know, is it something that you want to change? I don't think we ever, like, I definitely don't regret anything that we've, we've done in the past. Mm. That 
that era of those kind of songs was it was just something that yeah pigeon tart like it, it just it felt really i don't know it was such a nice way to kind of um remember those i sound like old now but those years yeah. when those you know where we went out and like and and had it and we were like you know just at a uni and yeah and still like loving it loving it and going out and everything where i don't know if we were playing those songs now i don't know if it would be really reflective of of mm. how we feel now okay. like it's almost it wouldn't i think we started to feel that towards the end of it as well yeah um for me it reminds me of our house that we lived in Laurel. like that's that house opposite bramwell lane yeah with the garage and, and like yeah we were spray painting all the signs and it, we lived in this house for two years carl mm. so literally directly opposite bramwell lane stadium and um it would feel like every weekend we'd be off somewhere like the van would be parked outside that yeah. house and it'd just be like right the weekends roll around we're off and like we'd just be in that van going places and that's why we look back on it funnily i think because yeah. it represents that time where we got to see a lot of places and we got to go have a lot of fun basically so um yeah very vivid that for me living in that house and just <laughs> carrying those tvs out and the signs and all that <laughs> kind of stuff but yeah what's what's coming up for chiefs then is there anything is there anything you can share with us that you know part of it now we've discussed tram lines is there anything that you're allowed to discuss at the minute or or you're keeping us waiting which is fine by me too i get it <laughs> I know it's so cliche, isn't it? But I think um, I think we're going to keep you in suspense a bit yes. longer. And okay. We'll kind of uh, okay. we've got some exciting things lined up for yes for next year. Plenty so. of plenty of announcing announcements coming up. <laughs> yeah, that whole that so, whole social media game. Yeah, I yeah. know it's a bit of a bugbear that would be at mine, but I'm, I'm just put yeah. I just thought, let's announce an announcement at six o'clock um yeah and then it's a band announcing something it's going to be a single or a tour isn't it let's let's (laughs) you know what i mean that's little bugbear lads chris lawrence really appreciate you joining me today for this podcast um is there anything else you want to share with the fans um you know just before we leave it today and i'll let you get on with your lives and uh i'll just leave the last word with you guys really Maybe, um, maybe just saying like thanks for sticking with us through mm. all this like quiet time and yeah. and we weren't a band who did like any kind of like you know like uh, you know how through through lockdown there was kind of those like uh, you know what's it called those sessions where yeah. everyone did that like played their own thing we didn't do any of that and yeah just I guess thanks for like thanks for sticking, sticking with us sticking yeah. with us and being patient. You're very Basically, welcome. Yeah. Zoom's um, gonna kick me. Zoom's gonna kick me out in 20 seconds, lads. Just so you know. So if yeah. it does, if it does stop, that's Zoom <laughs> shouting us. Do you want to quickly add some Chris and squeeze it in? Just thank you to you, Carl, mate. You've been there for a long time, so thank you very much, mate. In nice it for the, one, Carl. In it for the love of it, lads. Really appreciate your time and thanks again. And enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll see you live very soon in Sheffield, Legend, Manchester, mate. or wherever you, you are. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Really appreciate see it. See you later, thank mate. Bye, bye. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Lawrence. Sorry, it kind of stopped really quick, but it started getting the warning. I was down to the last 30 seconds on the Zoom call thing. I spoke to the lads after. Really appreciate the time. Thanks again, boys. In Zoom. How much is the pro version of it? I have to uh, treat myself. 
Christmas coming up in that. Uh, Kirsty, can I have the pro version of Zoom, please, for Christmas? She don't listen to this anyway, so... Here's enough for me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Proudly sponsored by Scott's Menswear. Take a look at the site, loads of deals on. Treat yourself to some new clobber. The video version of this po- uh, of this podcast will be out on YouTube on Wednesday. Keep a look out for that. And to keep up to date with everything, join us on Twitter at RGMPod for all the latest podcast news. Wow, what a week. So next week's guest isn't in the can yet but hopefully ahead of me I've got one, two three new people that I'm recording in the next 48 hours so keep in touch on Twitter and I'll uh, I'll let you know as soon as they're in the can, I don't, I don't like you can, you can jinx yourself by announcing stuff too soon so I'm not going to say yet but it's all good you're going to enjoy it, we'll see you next week guys I've been Carl Maloney. Welcome for joining us. and Well, thank you for joining us. I can't speak. Thanks for joining us at the RGM Experience Podcast. And we will see you very soon. You, welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.